We've been talking about some of the changes going on at the Thames Valley District School Board and the way that certain courses are finished up. Everything used to finish up with an exam. Well, the pandemic offered up the opportunity to show that eh, it's one way to do it. There's a lot of other ways to do it. So depending on the course, we have learned you might not see an official exam at the end. Some courses will provide you with an official exam at the end. Because what about this? What about if a student is looking to go on to university or college? Students are going to be hit with exams, sometimes multiple choice exams, exams with the intent of creating an average of between 68 and 72. Ask a TA, ask a professor, ask an instructor. What do they want your average at? Between 68 and 72. Well, that doesn't sound very fun. That's a high C and a low B. Why do you want that to be the average? That's just the way that it is. And sometimes that bell curve does come into play. Well, the question that we asked Christine Giannakopoulos, who is a trustee with the Thames Valley District School Board, is how do you get students ready for that? Yeah, great question. So really defining and understanding what the components of a final examination actually are, right? So if we take a look at a final uh, examination and uh, call it a comprehensive test that um, has multiple overall curricular expectations that students need to demonstrate their mastery of learning, then what we would do is practice those skills with unit tests along the way, um, have the multiple types of questions where you have, like you mentioned, um, multiple choice, you'd have opportunities to demonstrate your understanding of the expectations through short answer, through a longer answer essay type of process. There may be a diagram that needs to be completed. So so ensuring that in grades 9 and 10, students have multiple ways to uh, develop those skills so that once they get into grades 11 and 12, especially in the courses um, that are deemed from a post-secondary perspective as those that would require more exam writing skill development, uh, like a university math course or a university science course or, or a college math course, we would want to ensure that in grades 11 and 12, we we do our best to um, help students truly understand and develop those skills so that they are prepared in their post-secondary journey. Ready to fly. Out of the nest, ready right. to fly. Well, good With luck. Without a little push. Like yeah. it's more of a gentle kind of wrap around, security <laughs> blanket. We want to put pillows. <laughs> So you're like the skydiver who's giving the lesson where the the actual skydiver themselves is tethered to you as as you go, just in case you need somebody to pull the ripcord, right? We should be we should be their their soft their soft landing. <laughs> and, and we really, I think, as educators need to ensure that we are equipping them with the skills necessary to be successful in post-secondary. And we don't we want to we want to hear those wonderful stories of our students coming back saying we will we were well prepared because we've done our homework, too, as a as a as a system, as a district. We have reached out to our post-secondary partners and said, what is it that you need? So we're working very closely with the math departments at Fanshawe and at, at um at Western uh, to really know and and better uh, prepare our students for those post-secondary uh, journeys. 
Christine, thanks so much for having this conversation with us. I think it's been enlightening to see the directions that we go in and matching of real life and real world things. Love it. Thanks for the time. It was a pleasure. Thank you. That's Christine Giannakopoulos, who is a trustee with the Thames Valley District School Board. You always have to be willing to say, okay, how's this working? Could we attempt to make it better? Now, we didn't get into something that is always one of my favorite topics in education, and that is, what do they call it, recovery days or whatever, where you can go back if you don't do very well in your exams and you can basically find a way to pass a course. Yeah, that that stuff I'm I'm still not wild about. I'm still not wild about where we put failure on the ledger. Maybe that's a conversation that we can have in the future with the school boards again because we've had it on the show before. I think failure needs to go on the good side. We put failure on the bad side. And I guess, you know, it's it's unfair to say the school boards are not are not putting it on the right side. I really believe they're looking at ways to say, okay, how do we do this differently? And encouraging somebody to fail, man. It sounds weird, but it's so, so important so that they learn how to do it. You know, you don't go in and and tell them, hey, don't try. So it's maybe encouraging them to fail is, is the wrong way to do it. But when someone does fail, it should be appreciated for what it is. This is good. This is showing, okay, what did you not do going into this? What happened? What didn't work out as you were executing whatever this is? It's the only way to learn. I mean, if we stepped into this world and everything worked, life would be really easy. Nobody would do anything. So it wouldn't be hard enough. You wouldn't do anything. Yeah, I already know how to do that. Yeah, I was born that way. <laughs> I can build a skyscraper. Get out of my way. No one would do it. It's too easy. But we get to fail as humans and then figure stuff out to hopefully make ourselves better.